podcast where we recreate fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Christopher Prunty. On today's episode, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, he's been on the podcast before, so he's not that special anymore, but we're still going to give him a shout out. Big shout out to C.R. Rowenson for being on the podcast. Welcome back, sir. I'm flattered. Not that special, huh? Well, I'm glad to be here anyway. As long as you're flattered, that's what really matters. Uh, the reason that Clark is with us today is he is here because he submitted this week's prompt. And Clark, do you want to read out the prompt that you sent to us? Absolutely. So I was watching a horror movie and I realized how much our fear of the dark gets played up in all kinds of stories, video games, books, all that. And I just thought it would be really cool to see a world where humanity or whatever sentient race we had fears the light instead, as much as we fear the dark. And maybe mm -hmm. they're all living underground or in a deep forest to escape the light. But that was the prompt. Excellent. I also appreciate the extra bit of context there. What was the movie, by the way, that you're watching? I actually don't remember now because that was months ago. Um, <laughs> All right, then. I, we will lights out. I think, <laughs> I think I was playing a horror movie or playing a horror game and then watching horror movies and just all around. All just blended together. Creepy darkness. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, before we get into today's episode and today's setting, uh, I just wanted to remind everyone that if you wanted us to build your world, you can always email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. And oh, and uh, Clark, uh, while we while we've got you here, uh, we've got the email plug out of the way. Clark, where can they find your stuff? Because you're not just some random schlub we picked up off the Internet. Um, you are you have some real bona fides. So why don't you go ahead and tell us where they can find your work? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a freelance developmental editor, but primarily I write nonfiction about building magic systems. So if you hadn't listened to the interview when I was on the podcast originally, that's what I'm all about because I love magic systems. You can find me at crrowinson.com. I also just started a YouTube channel a couple months ago called The Magic Engineer, which is just all magic systems all the time. I wrote a workbook called Restrictions May Apply that you can find on Amazon that's specifically about building limitations for your magic systems. And I'm in the process of abandoning Facebook and Twitter, but you can find me on Pinterest and hopefully soon on Instagram. And I do recommend uh, Clark's YouTube channel. There's a lot of really cool, valuable information. The, uh, the most recent one that you came out as of this recording I believe is the axis of like hard and soft, but also the ones that I forget that I didn't know about before watching that video. Rational uh, and irrational. Yes. Thank you. That, that is a great, great video. I really got a lot out of it. Uh, would recommend going ahead and smashing his like button as much as you possibly can. Um, so in the meantime, Clark, you gave us this prompt. It's only fitting that you start us off with your first tenet for the world setting. So go ahead. Okay. Well, that's that's fair because I actually prepared extras in case one of you guys grabbed mine. But since I get to go first, I'm just going to start off with the tenant that it wasn't always like this. So Ooh. I don't want it to be a situation where they're just nocturnal creatures and they fear the light because they simply because they can't see. And that's I, I don't want it to just be the unknown and I don't want it to be an ev just an evolutionary thing. It wasn't always like this. Hmm. That's a really great 
uh, Tenet because it immediately stops me from going my road of vampires, which I did briefly play with, actually. Uh, but that's a really great start. I appreciate too that it's um, abstract and vague um, because always the the thing you want to resist when you're creating tenants for any premise is to, to not be too specific at the out the gate. You know that way it allows uh, room for being inspired by them. Yeah, my brain started going off in different directions. I was like, no, 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 we'll save that for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's always the fun part is the discovery of the setting in general. Uh, does anyone have a tenant that might line up with uh, Clark's in some way? Something that like gives a reason as to why things have changed? Um, I could follow up with with one that could be connected to that. All right, let's hear it, Daniel. Um, it's equally vague, but um, the source <laughs> of the light, um, it's not a star or a natural light source. It's either man-made or in some way non-celestial. Oh, hell yes, Daniel. That's <laughs> yes. a really good one. Yeah. So it's it's yes. almost like an eye that emits light of some kind. That's mm -hmm. really cool. Um, do oh, we, that do could we be so many things. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking about that as well. Do we want to um, do we want to kind of drill down into that idea for a little bit? Uh, does or does anyone have anything that might work off of that a little bit? Oh, I was going to say mine can work off of it, but it, I feel like it's important enough to bring up before something might change it even more. Okay. I, I wanted to flip the fact that uh, in most horror fiction, supernatural stuff, the light is what destroys whatever is evil. Yes. I wanted it to be that the shadows is what destroy something evil or sure. harms things. Okay, so shadow is the thing too. that is... <laughs> So shadow is, so like pushing something into the shadow is what destroys it, is what you're saying. Correct. Okay, so so umbrellas and parasols are basically like shotguns in this setting. <laughs> <laughs> the deadliest form of martial arts is shadow boxing. Oh my God, that's, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But I, I kind of appreciate that. Okay. I like how that flips it thematically um, because now you're not dealing with dark is evil and, and um, light is good. You know? Yeah. 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 That was actually one thing I, I wanted to avoid. I didn't want the same, uh, same parallels, but, but one thing I was thinking about that I didn't know how to tie in, but it goes really well with what Daniel was saying is the idea. So we, we personally fear the dark because we don't know what's there, right? We can't see, we don't understand and we can't, lock into what's going on i thought it would be cool if kind of the subversion was part of the reason they fear the light is because you can't hide in the light mm, okay that's good i like that I, I i can also imagine that it's one of those things where you're afraid of the light but it's not something that you can't go into you know like maybe it's something that there's like a time limit or you're just put in tremendous danger of some kind you know and to a certain extent i got really excited about some of these ideas because if they are more like us then they still need light right mm. they're in a dark world but they need light to actually do things and it yeah. comes with this terrible fear of like i am holding danger in my hand because it might attract other light and i have to be careful but i can't go without it i was having fun i, I actually do have some questions here though uh what about unnatural light so like electric uh, electric lighting and whatnot is that still okay or is it specific is it a specific type of light that we're kind of getting into i think I, it would be interesting if you made it that uh 
artificial light is fine, but since it's artificial, you have more control over it. So imagine putting like a, a cage over the light so that it makes a net of shadows that kind of cast wherever the light is. So, so yeah. going back, it's it's a bit like shadow puppets are like the ultimate Pokemon or something like that. <laughs> oh yes. my god! <laughs> so is there is there a science basis in this? So is is the this light here that's that, that's problematic really mean UV light or something like that? It or is could it like even magic based, I, yeah. What you really got me thinking of, Daniel, is all sorts of kind of crazy monsters because that's what I do and that's where my brain goes. Um, so I, I really like the idea of actually there might just be one specific kind of light that's dangerous because it heralds this danger, like this creature, mm. this thing that's going to happen. And because of that, it's been around long enough that it has just seeped into the association of, well, it could be any light and you never know whether it's the good light or the bad light until you're mm. dead unless it's artificial light. Like we know where that okay. came from. We made that ourselves. So, so could we say then that there's some spectrum of light that maybe bathes the world um, and that's the problematic light? It's not the same as, say, the artificial light you might be able to generate, you know, in the shadowed veil or wherever that is. But that, that red light or that whatever color light, that's the problem light and it's everywhere else. Mm. Mm. Yeah, maybe, I yeah. maybe I can kind of wrangle us in a little bit because we don't really have a subgenre yet. Like we're still like in the nebulous area of where we could go sci-fi or, I mean, you said you mentioned horror at the beginning, but I'm going to fuck everything up because I wanted to, I'm so, I'm so envious of Daniel sometimes when he tosses out these like really out of left field uh, ideas. <laughs> so I, this is my attempt and tell me what you guys think of my first tenet, which is the subgenre that we're dealing with here is the weird West. So we've got Ooh, cowboys. I love that. Yeah, we've got <laughs> cowboys in steampunk science and maybe a little bit of magic and spirits and whatnot. So I can see that. Yeah, because I just saw when I said red light, I'm thinking like, OK, dust bowl sort of thing. And when you said weird west, I'm like, OK, now I can really see that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, okay. I, I thought this would be real fun because I love the weird West setting, like that little subgenre type thing. So I thought that'd be really fun to kind of play with. And Daniel, when you say, uh, when you say dust bowl, that is actually probably one of the, like, I'm thinking about that and like, that's terrifying. And I really like, I that know. Idea. Yeah. So I so just realized, um, like given the prompt, right. Wanted them to move into an area of darkness so they could escape the light. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, we can have a mining town, as in it's a town oh. in the mines. Oh yeah. So maybe uh, maybe it's not a big global <laughs> thing. Maybe it's a local thing. Like where, it's, where the the setting isn't the world. Maybe it's like a particular area. And that's, that's a great idea. Matters. Yeah, that that's a really great point, Daniel. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, we could definitely go with that. I mean, um, my my initial instinct was to try and make it so it was a world where that was the fear. But I guess mm -hmm. really my driver was to be in whatever story that gets put here. That yeah, that could, is the underlying fear is people are afraid of. So, yeah, it could work locally. We could definitely do like a region, you know, like the entire American West is essentially just cut off from the rest of the world due to this light thing that's going on. And um, so I, I'm going to cut us off at the pass here to kind of go with the subgenre themes that we've got going on here. Clark, you said uh, mining town, and I knew in my heart of hearts that. I was afraid of one thing more than anything else. And that was dwarves. 
<laughs> so my my second tenet, which I'm going to get to immediately, is whatever sentient humanoids are afraid of the light, what lies beneath the earth is even scarier. Caves, tunnels, and the underground are all crawling with some unspeakable horrors that force the humanoids out. Oh. This is to avoid dwarves. Just it, yeah, it will also make people this not want to hide underground. How does this that stop is... dwarves? The, the protagonists could be dwarves then. <laughs> what do you mean? They are dwarves that they were... can't be underground. Yeah, That's right. the whole point. They were sure. forced out from underground. Exactly. By these... <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. That's why I just didn't go with no dwarves. But one of the biggest tropes of dwarves is that they're you know, like underground and caves and tunnels and stuff. I wanted to make sure that if we have dwarves, we're having darkness, forest dwelling dwarves, if anything, not traditional cave dwarves. That is horrible. There's a question with that. Um... I tried, Chris. <laughs> I know you did. I expected collusion <laughs> with this prompt. I was like, Clark and Chris have been fucking emailing each other or some nonsense. And let me get this spite tenant out of the way now <laughs> to ensure that there's no traditional dwarf stuff going on here. Hey, conflict is interesting. So you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. You made me burn one of my tenants to ensure the lack of dwarves here, Clark. <laughs> can, can we, Such can... is your hatred. <laughs> can we connect um so we, we were trying to flip the idea that dark is evil and light is good right so if there's yes. unspeakable horrors underground in the dark can we connect the light to them so could it be that whatever those creatures are are drawn out to that light so they actually like it Ooh, ooh, wait 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 what if underground the thing that is horrifying is literal living light that's what i was thinking chris I was thinking, like, oh, not light yes. itself is like an elemental or something like that, but like these creatures that are burning, like, with phosphorescence or something. Like oh, okay. That. That's yeah. And also yeah. imagine you're in the dark and then you're like, you oh, have your you night eyes them? and it's just blinding light. Yes. And then suddenly, Ooh, like, like you're, half of the people with you are already dead by the time the light fades. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That yeah. There we go. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. What if they're invisible once they're out of the ground? Ooh. Oh God. That's oh Daniel. Okay, there we go. Yes. That's okay. that's why being yeah. out in the light is horrifying because there's uh -huh. nowhere they you can't, you can't be sure that they aren't. Okay. And the shadows protect you because that makes them visible. And with the goggles you can see them and, and they also smoke, like you're saying, they're phosphorescent. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh guys, I think I have an idea of how these things came to be as well. All right. Uh so we've got we've got the American West. It is, of course, there is a, a a gold mining boom. It's boom time. So what happens when you dig too deep within the earth? Too Bell greedily. Rocks. Too greedily, Chris. That is correct. You unleash these things from the from the belly of the earth. So you have a living sun. These walking suns that come up from beneath the earth that are like essentially just phosphorescent. And Daniel, yeah, all of this is really coming together. This is really good. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to toss something else out there, which because I'm here, there's going to have to be magic. So sorry if that was going to yeah. be somebody's tenant. I, no, I, I assume this was coming, so that's totally fine. Because uh, I will burn my second tenant on that if I have to. But um, <laughs> I, I actually really like the idea of these creatures having their own version of light magic because if you think about it that would be 
one that would be super advantageous underground being able to just generate your own light sources use that to draw in creatures dazzle them and trap them mm, uh, like mm. whether the creatures themselves are sun or not or whether they just use it as a trap and a weapon but that would make perfect sense where if they have finesse over light when they get above ground there's enough light that they can actually shape it around themselves to essentially become invisible yeah, you get you get the predator at that point, yeah. right? Where you start refracting light and you start becoming like just wavy and stuff like that. That yeah, yeah. okay, this yeah, this totally works. I totally can understand this. You could do heat yeah, rays. Mm. Daniel, can you remind me what your first tenant was again? I want to make sure that this is still in the spirit of that tenant. Um, the light, the source of the light isn't. Um, is it natural? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So yeah, I just want to make sure because I I didn't want to make sure that we were stepping on your toes or anything like that yeah so we have satisfies yeah whatever whatever causes to happen just isn't by nature okay cool 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 all right and that's just so great because of how our brains work fear of one thing will bleed over into other things like it whether they're connected or not so I, mm. I love that. Just the overwhelming fear of these creatures or types of creatures would just make us afraid of the sunlight just because it makes us think mm -hmm. of it. So so a question about this now, right? A, a, a question that I have, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's not like we neutralize the threat by putting them within shade, correct? It's more a matter of we're simply uh, making them unable to, like we can see them now. Is, right. is that the idea that we're dealing with here? Because I, I'm now yeah. thinking like when you create shadows, it's not a cage anymore so much as it is. Actually, this could be a really cool visual effect of like seeing shadows, but the, like also the, the light coming from them and like weird patterns and stuff like that. The way that I view it is it's based like it won't ever kill them or anything, but the difficulty that they have from passing over this is the intensity of the shadow. Mm. yeah right yeah i don't is think it... it's an instant kill thing but just doing it where like shadow is the best way to hurt them because mm. then we can give the humans shadow magic which is positive magic oh, okay, okay. Mm. and i mean them creating these walls of shadow and and spears of shadow and shadow boxing their shadow monks yeah um, okay like okay. that i can i can i can deal with this yeah. i mean yeah. these creatures are like plants like the, they're the... drawn to the light and they're empowered by it so if you put them in shade that hurts them over time yeah, I, I like so that, Daniel. Trapping them in a dark area would uh, be the best solution. But right. uh, if I may go into my super dumb idea for oh, please, my next by one. by all means. Uh, so this was originally going to be set up, oddly enough, so that I could do dwarves. Fuck you. Yeah, um, you're welcome. <laughs> and this is another thing that dwarves love to do. They love metalworking. They love working with... Uh, like smiths and everything i wanted to have it that the weapons used to fight them are made by prism smiths people who will forge weapons that form a natural prism that divide the light Dope. when it cuts them that's actually a really cool, cool idea i like that yeah and it also looks really magical like and yeah and to pull on something uh, a thread that daniel had tossed out there earlier i also really like the idea of a specific part of the light that these creatures that these creatures emit is actually harmful. So that could be mm. part of the shadow magic is like you have to ward yourself so that you can get close enough without some without succumbing to the mesmeric effects or your mm. body being poisoned and stuff like that. That's the way you get close enough to actually battle them 
with your prison blades. Are they radioactive? I, you know, Dean, I was about to say the exact same fucking thing. I, I'm glad that we're on that same wavelength. <laughs> Are they what? Radioactive. Oh, yeah. So they just give you melanoma. Well, yeah, but like eventually you get close enough. I like to think of them as like walking suns, essentially. Yeah. The closer you get, you're going to get like sicker and sicker until if you like touch them or get close enough, they're going to physically burn you. You know, like well, that must mean you wear like badass armor to go and confront them. Yes. Yes. But but remember, remember, weird west. So we've got we've got like Steam completely different armor. aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. So they're wearing so, boiler pr- plate. Yeah, yeah. prison blade. Can, yes. can I throw out my second tenant now? Yes, yeah. please go uh, right ahead. Because this was a weird one, but I want the shadow. I want darkness, at least part of the darkness, to be a tangible thing. Mm. So something that can actually be interacted with. And the reason I'm bringing that up now is because if you wanted to do a sci-fi setting, if you wanted to lean into the science, that could explain how they use their shadow magic to counteract the radiation. Because if there's Mm. actually something floating in the shadows that can disrupt and absorb that energy, it Mm -hmm. would make some scientific sense. So I I would like to make a differentiation between there's, shade which is like a natural you know like it's what happens when the sun hits the tree and then the light doesn't get through that shade and then there's capital s shadow, shadow. which is what yeah which yes. is what you're what you're kind of talking about here and i think what if you wanted to lean into the the weird science aspect to it a little bit more you might have like i i and excuse I, i'm kind of thinking this up on the fly here so excuse me but like a particle that is somewhat akin to like the the idea of a black hole where no light escapes it. And so like you're manipulating those particles. Like imagine just like strings and strings of something like that. Like dark matter? Yeah, like dark matter, exactly. Where it draws in the light. It's basically absorbing the light in some way. And I think that's what capital S shadow might be, or at least something similar. Yeah, or maybe it doesn't interact yes. with light, and that's why you can use it that way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's actually an interesting idea as well, Daniel. Yeah. So they dug too greedily and too deep, and they unleashed shadow and flame. And in this case, the shadow is the good thing. Yes. Yeah. I, I, actually, that's not a bad idea. I think that we can probably deal with that as well, right? Where there's like before the before the discovery of these these walking suns. There were these like particles of of shadow, capital S shadow. And that was like a scientific curiosity and like, oh, what is this stuff? And then eventually, once the walking suns were unleashed, it was a matter of, oh, we need to weaponize this. We need to make sure that this happens immediately. That type of thing. So so here's an idea. Um, I always like these two opposite things to be connected in some way. Um, what if the, these creatures, um, when activated or when, I don't know, like hatched or whatever, they, their, their material is that dark matter, but when activated, it starts to burn, which would then force, um, you know, the protagonists in order to gather material for the weapons, they'd have to go to like a hatchery and get unactivated monster material, which is the dark matter. And not only that, but when they were digging and finding this material, those were all warning signs and they didn't uh-huh. realize it to begin or, with. Yeah. Or what if the core material of the creatures is actually what needs to be used by the prism smiths? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It's like the, they they must forge with raw um, shadow. Mm-hmm. So I just had um, a cool idea. At least it's cool on my head. <laughs> Leaning into some of the steampunk side of stuff, you know, one of the main things is people are clanking around in their armor and cool gadgets, and you have the gouts of steam coming out, right? I don't know how it would work, but it would be super cool if it was gouts of shadow that came out instead. I don't know whether they're using it as fuel, whether that's just soot mm-hmm. and it's just like atmospheric, but I'm I'm just trying to lean into the steampunk where they have the badass steampunk mm-hmm. armor that is instead putting out bursts of shadow as it releases pressure and stuff. So Clark, I want to make I want to ensure you that that is in fact a cool idea. Awesome. And and also uh, I was actually going to try and challenge you to see if you can't do I, I don't want to make it shadow magic. I'd like to make it shadow tech instead. So can Same we thing. shift that I, I oh I know in, in your <laughs> No, no, in your in your definition, I completely agree. Yeah, it, it's the same thing. Magic is like the unknowable; it's the fantastical, right? So, so, so let's go with that. Instead of shadow magic, can we have it be shadow tech instead? Yes. All right, and and by the way, <laughs> gouts of like like plumes of what seems to be smoke, but is in fact like uh, consolidated shadow, capital S shadow, is actually very cool. Like that's 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 really cool to me. I like that idea a lot. And Going back, I believe that even as it plumes out, it should be a little bit more tangible than just smoke. Maybe something kind of like uh, I don't I don't know uh, what to say the consistency because I don't want to compare it to like cotton candy. But oh, it's uh, cotton like, candy now. There we no, go. No, no, spider silk. It. Spider you, silk. You've cursed it to be. No, cotton candy. I don't want it to be cotton candy. <laughs> well, I mean, even even if you just think of the old school soot that would come out of some of these engines. Um, that was so thick with, like the smoke was so thick with soot and char and charcoal that it nearly was tangible. I'm, I'm almost thinking like that, except if you examined it, it isn't actual physical particles that are blocking it. It's these weird kind of uh, dark matter black hole things that aren't physical, but really only interact with light. Um, if we're going back to Daniel's initial idea or, or rather suggestion at like, um, oh, what was it? Like dust clouds, you know, we can, yeah. uh, again, I'm plugging this book, which is the, the worst bad time, which is all about the dust bowl and whatnot. I think that we could do one of two things there. One, we could have that be like, oh, the dust bowl was actually this shadow, you know, like that was the eventual uh, solution to this the the walking sun problem is the creation of these massive dust clouds. But also, there's also this idea that it, it could have a consistency similar to dust, where that was so thick that it would suffocate people, you know, given enough time and like if you weren't being careful. So we could have it be a combination of, you know, cotton candy slash um, kind of what like Clark was saying with like soot but also like dirt and particulate that is like really thick. That um, is so cool. cool. Yeah. We I have think, options here. I think also throwing it on its head of like normally in a lot of supernatural things, uh, or at least in Stephen King's, uh, the light was also something that came from inside you. Right. Uh, whereas this could be the, uh, the shadow, the unknowable, the, uh, the abyss inside you, but in a positive way, like once you embrace it, I also, for some reason, am now I can't get it out of my head that uh, these 
this shadow tech is just people vaping dark <laughs> oh, each other. Yeah, can i have a third tenant that says no <laughs> <laughs> uh only because it's my third tenant yes yes you can. <laughs> so so this is this is so great because this is just firing on so many metaphors right now um one of them is you know one of the phrases you'll read in horror is the the choking blackness right the choking dark mm. because oh, yeah. it was so overwhelming it was smothering and suffocating them so that's perfect i also like my brain is firing on all cylinders now so um I like the idea that naturally it wasn't a problem. It never got so bad that it suffocated. But then as mankind started working with it, trying to amplify it, that's where it turned into these dangerous storms. Mm. Um, Yeah. But I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but there's something called shadow work, like in real life, in our world. It's a kind of a form of therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy and meditation where it's looking at the darker aspects of yourself and exploring them and understanding what they actually do for you and how to harness them. It's looking in yourself, mm. finding your dark shadow and knowing when to let it out and when to keep it back. And that just ties in so perfect. I I, I forget what uh, this quote is from, but uh, it's something that I've thought of for like years uh your true character is who you are in the dark Hmm. if you've ever heard that i haven't but that's a good quote it's where the the hero is typically given the uh option of doing something that is abysmal but will benefit him immensely greatly and no one will ever know uh that they did it like imagine if uh no one would ever know that batman killed the joker but it would take the joker out of the equation forever and it wouldn't taint batman's image at at all that is really good i'm gonna yeah. have to yeah. that up it also but makes I, me think of the the shadow uh hero in the hero's journey kind of story oh yeah, yeah. nice mm-hmm. oh, that's uh, cool daniel i believe you have a tenant left sir uh yeah although i think we kind of incorporated it so what i was saying is that being subjected to the light strips the inhabitants of the world of either their vitality power immortality and leaves them vulnerable to being exposed to what they actually are. So, I mean, the thematic part of that isn't there, but, but the idea that if you're in the in the light, those creatures are invisible, which then makes you vulnerable. I guess that covers it. Let's, um, but let's take that th- that let's take that theme and make it happen. I think I have yeah. a way to do it. What do you think? Sure. Okay. What if survivors of these these things, like let's say, like it's not an infection but there's some kind of residue that stays with them that alters their thinking. And and basically maybe it infantilizes them. Maybe it like reduces them to like an infant version of who they are or, or something like that. But I think the idea of surviving this light attack is a good way to expose them for who they are. Well, is it the radiation that does that? Exposure? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean the attack and the radiation probably yeah. come part and parcel. So like, what what do you think we could do in a thematic sense to kind of play with that? Because I like the idea of I, I, I latched on to it leaves them exposed and leaves like I want to I want to play with that a little bit more. OK, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you go back to what Chris was saying and whatever this does, um, like reveals their true desires in some ways. So maybe it causes some sort of madness that exposes their underlying. Yeah, I don't know, like traumas. 
Yeah, I was I was thinking along those lines because if we want to lean hard into the weird west and pull in even some of the Cthulhu stuff, um, it it could be that what these creatures feed on isn't entirely physical. Uh, you know, the standard thing of we may end mm. up with walk people who are walking husks, right? Mm -hmm. But on that, what if the light actually burns away certain parts of your personality mm -hmm. and just leaves that core driving force? Because we all have that that core desire and that core instinct, and it's different for different people. But what if everything else that kept that in control and focused it and channeled it got burned away and you were left with just that drive? Well, eventually, wouldn't you get mm. to a point where the only drive this person has is to kill all of the walking sons and then you get and then you get a Batman figure like Chris was talking about. <laughs> oh, or the classic uh cowboy hunter, you know, type like the Roland the Shane sort. Oh yeah. Yeah. Burnt burnt out. As well. Oh that'd yeah. be the thing, you get burnt out. And so now you're just really a husk of whatever key motivation drives you and that's all that you care about. Yeah. And obviously that can lead to some really dark, awful shit as well. So it's not just a heroic thing where it's like, this is the only thing that's left in my humanity. It's like, oh, all I have left is rage. All I have left is yeah. lust. You yeah, know, well, like, all even, I have left is greed. You can really expose these things for, you know, burnout, as you called it. I like that idea. <laughs> or even if it's a good thing, right? If all, if your core thing is that you want to be accepted and loved, and that's all you have without anything else shaping it, Imagine some of the weird, bizarre, terrible things people, mm -hmm. that person would do to try and find and feel loved. I just want to feel safe. Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to say, that's what happens when people try and create podcasts, Clark. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but, but no, I, I actually do like that idea of like twisting, you know, like twisting these things. Yeah. The idea of being safe, like, turning that up so it's like a nerve, like a nerve ending, just being like jagging, you know, like like just jagged and sharp and like awful. I love all of those ideas. That's a really good, that's, okay, there we go. We fucking nailed it, you guys. I think we got there. I like the um, burnout. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's what you call those people is that they're burnouts, right? <laughs> that's so perfect. In, exactly, in our yeah. world, it means something entirely different because, you know, it's it's kind of silly. It's like, oh, it's someone who's been drugged out of their mind, but, you know, whatever. And it brings in a little bit the of Wild West lingo, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm feeling a little bit burnt out. <laughs> yeah. People people give you the fucking thousand eye stare, and that's it. I'm like, what'd you just say? You're yeah. feeling what? <laughs> you talk about the burnout generation, like, oh, that was a massacre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that, that's that's probably the first wave of the Walking Sons, you know. Oh God, yeah. When they first uh, came out, that would. Yeah, yeah. This is this is incredibly satisfying. By the way, I think this is like really cool. Uh, I think what it's time to do now is we shift on over to building our anchor for the world, which is basically just a focus point that we've built within the setting. I think we've created like. 25 already but this is just an additional one that we're going to be getting on to so let me grab my dice tray and we'll start rolling some random world building stuff oh can i just add one other thing that we've done yes go right ahead um we've flipped midnight and high noon of being the most dangerous points and most like troublesome areas I, I oh in the wild that. west yeah, yeah that's that's a good point that's a good point yeah duel at midnight <laughs> see that's cool originally i would think that's like you know vampire cowboys but 
that's also a really cool idea. The All midnight right, so, market. Oh man, it's endless. Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh yeah, you've got so many. You've got so many different cool ideas. Uh, let's see. Oh nope, that's the updated one. Sorry, I don't have the regular one. Give me a sec. Perfect. All right, so uh, let's see. We're going to create the subject of our anchor, which is going to be a place. All right. And the theme <laughs> surrounding that place is going to be treachery and revenge. All right. So that's going to be fun. We've got a place. It is in this setting. It's very important. And I'm going to throw it a challenge. It can't be the town where the initial sun uh, walking suns come from. So that's my only challenge to you. What are we thinking for this idea? Um, I don't know about place, but I think the treachery should have something to do with one of these um, burnt out uh, anti-heroes in that maybe they were trying to achieve something good and they, um, they, they basically like went too far and have really fucked over a location because of it. You know, like so they, a, I don't know how, to, I don't know whether it's like maybe they were trying to, to take something out or, or, or relocate something and that really caused a problem. Okay. I I have a thought that I, I like the idea of it being the burned out hero. Um, what if the, what, what if the treachery, so what if this was a moment where the guy was, or the person um, was actually a hero and sacrificed themselves in order to save somebody and by sacrificing themselves they got burnt out and all they were left with was this feeling that these people abandoned them and gave them up so now they're bent mm. on revenge against the people they actually sacrificed themselves for yeah okay i like that idea a lot that's that's a great starting point uh can i also make sure that because uh, and again i'm 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 playing favorites here and i apologize for nothing but I want the location to be a, a, a typical subject. It's, it's got to be something from the West, right? So it's got to be something that when you think of this location, you're like, oh, that could fit into a Wild West movie for sure. So totally. I, I want to... A last yeah, stand. Right, right. But what are we thinking? Like, what's the place? What's the, what's the physical location that we're thinking of? I mean, uh, what story. if it was... Um... Like uh, if we're if we're out in the world or just like a layover station, you know, like the Pony Express stations they had, mm -hmm. um, it could just be one of those pit stops uh, along this train of communication. And this terrible thing happened. That's where the hero sacrificed himself. So that that place, the stagecoach, um, the stagecoach pit stop. I don't know what they're called, but they're a thing. Let's make it a rail yard then it like oh. you said you oh, yeah. said train like you keep saying you're like let's make it a train the midnight express I, I keep forgetting <laughs> the steampunk <laughs> yeah it, well and also the trains were an actual thing even back then right like okay we can make it a, we can make it a train station we can make it so like this is the hero's last stand and he's like taking care of all of these walking sons to make sure that the train gets away and then he's you know like shredded and like attacked but somehow manages to survive and the train still manages to get away and now this this like station where he was abandoned 
maybe now his revenge is to go and find all the people who he actually saved of some kind. Yes. Because then yeah. you get treachery and revenge in the same idea. Mm. And great. tragic. Oh, that is so tragic. Yeah, remarkably tragic. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, oh, but but now let's make that area special. Let's make this particular train station special. Um, was it just the site of a massacre and the survivors are like, and that's how it's known? Uh, or is it something else? Answers on the form of a postcard, please. Um, <laughs> what if, what if we keep the hero attached to this place? Mm, uh, like if this, like if this guy's a big enough problem, uh, and he's he's warped, he's burnt out. It could be like anybody that stops by there or comes too close, he just sort of lumps into that association. So this is a place where you don't go or this Wild West avatar of vengeance will hunt you down, whether you did anything wrong or not. You went to the treacherous train yard and now you're marked. Well, you just named it too, so that yeah. helps. Uh, question, Clark, uh, or, or actually comment realistically. I, I want to add something to that idea. Instead of just having that, the, 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 uh, the abandoned is what I'm going to call this character from now on. Instead of them, you know, just like going out, killing the people who abandoned them, maybe the idea is they have to bring those people back. So they have to bring the people who abandoned them in the first place, abandoned in air quotes, obviously, you know, abandon them in the first place and bring them back to this station. So they, maybe they can try and in some, sick form of like a, a reenactment or a play of some kind they have to try and like re and that's the way that they put them down or something like that oh good lord mm. that is so creepy and i love it do you already have a way of bringing these people here if they're not allowed to leave the place or is it a place that people have to go to like get through a certain area like this is dangerous but it could still be the fastest wait from point a to point b like what's the incentive of someone going through this place as opposed to around or i'd like to think that it was probably at one point a very important junction or station yeah. and now like you have to pass through it like it's mm -hmm. it's a matter of like as if you're going fast enough the guy probably won't notice or care enough mm -hmm. and also there's also uh the chance that the abandoned is out seeking these people so there's a chance yeah. that they're not around to begin with so mm. it's not something that you sit and dally in it's a matter of you're through that you there's no stopping i don't know if you've ever been in a subway train that goes past stations before and it's kind of weird yeah. that's the feeling that you'd be getting on the trains. like nope oh yeah, like that creepy, can, oh, yeah. Creepy feeling yeah. well and it, it could oh. be that they are building paths around it, right? Because this just opens up so many story options. But if one of those tracks gets gets ruined or damaged, and then you have to divert mm -hmm. through this town, yeah, everybody's going to be on edge. It's like, okay, <laughs> the the captain comes or the engineer comes on. It's like we're going to stoke the engines and go as fast as we can. Everybody just stay quiet an and sit below <laughs> the windows. <laughs> It, yeah. it could also be that what if this town or anything was just made in a valley and since it's a place of often shadow, they don't have to worry about the light monsters as much. So that's Ooh. why it was so popular. You can go around, but you'll be terrorized by light monsters. If you go in through the middle, you just got to worry about the horrible ghost. 
Yeah, the abandoned. I love it. It's fine. Yeah, that's great. That's that's that a could great be, idea. That could be part of the abandoned's final act. Like his sacrifice mm. did this over the area, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is great. This is perfect. This place is safe. Oh, <laughs> this place is not safe. <laughs> oh, it's the opposite of safe. In fact, oh no, no." <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's really, really good. It's a All great right. us fixture of the West, too, is to have that pseudo-ghost-like figure. You know, it's classic yeah. trope. And and it's the literal ghost town, of course. It all it, yeah. It's all lining up. It's so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I think we've come to a really great stopping point for the anchor. Uh, that was, I think that, like, everything was just, like, coming together. It was fitting. It was, like, oh, it's, it's like a tight puzzle. Everything's really come together. We got all the pieces. Everything's looking good. I mean, so I think now, what was key to that, too, was the fact that when you said Weird West, I mean, that just, like, gave us a way to plug it all in. Like, yes. I, that was my, that was where it got really fun, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, and, and I th- I did that as a challenge, and I think mm-hmm. that, surprisingly, it worked out really well. It was actually. awesome, man. Oh, so yeah. good. Unfortunately, we now have to fuck everything up by throwing in a twist. Uh, luckily for Daniel, we can't turn it into anime. But let's see how we're going to <laughs> let's see how this is going to affect everything. Well, this is this is kind of perfect, I think, actually. The, the, this is one of those really serendipitous roles, I think. And this one, as well as I think Clark is the one who submitted this particular twist. The prompt is, or the twist is, in quotes, it is self-aware so <laughs> that was me yeah no. yeah i i thought so uh so we've we've got the twist and we will see you next week for as we attempt to reconcile that i have a billion ideas already but i'm gonna hold that off until next week remember that if you want to find us and have us build your world you can always email us over at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com or shoot us a tweet over at Let's World Build. You can also join our Discord community, much like Clark did, uh, over in the link in the description. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon. And Clark, remind the folks, if they have forgotten already, where they can find you uh, for your website and YouTube channel. Absolutely. CRRowinson.com or on YouTube and Pinterest as the magic engineer. I'm going to be drifting away from Facebook, but Pinterest and Instagram. There we go. All right. Remember that we love you very much. We will see you next week and we will get through this together. Mm